0: This is The World in Brief, from The Economist. Our top stories. America shot down a Chinese balloon over the Atlantic in what the Pentagon said was American airspace. The Chinese government responded with a sharp statement, accusing the Biden administration of seriously violating international conventions. Earlier, Antony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, postponed a planned trip to China after the Pentagon detected the suspected spy balloon flying over sensitive military sites. General Pervez Musharraf, a former president of Pakistan who seized power in a military coup in 1999, died aged 79. Mr Musharraf oversaw a period of rapid economic growth but was criticised by some for using the military to silence critics And for supporting America's post 9 11 war on terror. Mr. Musharraf left office in 2008 and spent his later years in exile in Dubai. Foxconn, a Taiwanese electronics manufacturer with factories in China, reported record revenues of 660 billion Taiwanese dollars, or 22 billion US dollars, in January, an increase of 48% year on year the firm which makes about 70% of Apple's iPhones, has recovered after severe disruptions caused by China's zero-Covid policy. The company reported that its factory outside the Chinese city of Zhangzhou has returned to normal levels of production. For the fifth consecutive weekend, tens of thousands of Israelis protested against the government's planned judicial reforms. The proposals of the new coalition Led by Benjamin Netanyahu, would curb the Supreme Court's independence and limit its powers over the executive. Critics of the reform include Mr. Netanyahu's political opponents, as well as some of the country's economists and business leaders. America's Democratic Party's National Committee voted to reshuffle the order of its presidential primaries. The new calendar prioritizes more racially diverse states many of which supported Joe Biden in his 2020 campaign. South Carolina will now go first, followed by New Hampshire and Nevada. Iowa has lost its traditional role kicking off the Democratic primaries. Liz Truss, who resigned as Britain's Prime Minister in October after just 45 days, said she was brought down in part by the left-wing economic establishment. In her first public comments since leaving office, she said her Conservative Party had never given her a realistic chance to implement her economic plan, which included tax cuts worth £45 billion, $54 US dollars. Charles Bronson, one of Britain's most dangerous prison inmates, launched an online sale of new artwork ahead of a gallery exhibition later this month. Mr. Bronson has spent much of the past 50 years in solitary confinement, but has created a market for his cartoons. Born Michael Peterson, he renamed himself after the American actor, but now goes by Charles Salvador, after his artistic hero, Salvador Dali. And word of the week. Teledildonics. The term in pornography for virtual sex encounters using remotely controlled toys.
1: And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Endless Paralysis in Lebanon After the crime comes the cover-up. The investigation of the massive explosion at Beirut's port in 2020, which killed 218 people, was stalled for more than a year by legal challenges. Tarek Bittar, the judge overseeing it, had hoped to resume interrogating officials on Monday. Instead, he has been charged with judicial misconduct by Lebanon's top prosecutor, one of the officials whom Mr. Bitar had sought to question. The judicial feud is yet another sign of Lebanon's dysfunction. It has not had a president since October, and Parliament has failed eleven times to elect a new one. Last year, the caretaker cabinet went six months without meeting. More than three years into a financial crisis, Lebanon's currency has lost 97% of its value. Annual inflation was 171% in 2022. Bailout talks with the IMF are stalled. Lebanon's corrupt ruling class cannot agree on anything, it seems, except their collective taste for impunity. What's at stake in Cyprus? Greek Cypriots hold a presidential election on Sunday. The frontrunner is Niko Christodoulidis, who resigned last month as foreign minister because rivals in the ruling party were angry about his presidential ambitions. Mr. Christodoulidis, now an independent backed by left-of-center parties, is unlikely to get more than 50% of the vote, as there are 13 other candidates. But he should win a runoff on February 12th, Turkish Cypriots living in the north of the divided island will not participate. One of Mr. Kristalita's main challenges will be to manage the complex energy politics of the eastern Mediterranean. Several international companies plan to start exploiting natural gas from the Cypriot seabed. Israel and Egypt are already exploring their own such deposits, while Turkey has failed to make any finds so far. Cyprus could sell gas to Egypt, some of which could be re-exported to Turkey. A costly pipeline project to carry gas between Crete, Greece, and Italy is also being discussed. Mr. Christodelita's priority will be to ensure that Cyprus' long-awaited gas bonanza actually happens. The Grammys might get it right At last. On Sunday, American music's great and good slap each other's backs and dole out their annual awards. The sheer number of categories, at 91, speaks to the self-importance of the Recording Academy, which puts on the Grammys. That clubby self-regard has mired the awards show in controversy, prompting accusations of racism for snubs of black singers and criticism for opaque voting procedures. This year, at least, the nominations reflect pop culture. Black artists are present in all the major categories and among the favorites. Exciting young bands such as Idols, Turnstile, and Wet Leg have nominations. And there is a chance for both Taylor Swift and Beyoncé to win the major awards that have, surprisingly, been denied them so far. Song of the Year for Miss Swift and Album of the Year for Beyoncé. Still, all awards ceremonies end in one certainty. That come the morning after, someone, somewhere, will be up in arms about the injustice of it all. Brain Activity Patterns Cluster with Ideology Everyone knows the frustration of arguing with a stubborn opponent. New research suggests that those on opposite sides of the political spectrum do not merely fail to see eye to eye. Their brains behave differently in ways that are stark enough to be detectable with fairly crude instruments. Two groups of researchers scanned the brains of left and right wingers as they were shown words and news clips. Using changes in blood flow as a proxy for neural activity, both found that the subjects' brains respond in similar ways to neutral material but diverged when presented with content about divisive topics like immigration. Measuring blood flow using magnetic resonance imaging, Dante de Bruin and Oriel Feldman Hall of Brown University in Rhode Island recorded different patterns of activity in parts of the brain that handle emotions and cognition. Noah Katabi and Yara Yeshuran of Tel Aviv University saw differences in the areas that deal with hearing, vision, and movement. Big differences of opinion show up as big differences in brain activity. Weekend Profile Max Martin, Pop Hitmaker Britney Spears brought the sex appeal, plaintive vocals, and teen longing. Max Martin supplied the rest. In 1998, their track, Baby One More Time, ruled the radio. Any allusions to domestic violence or sadomasochistic sex in the chorus, Hit Me Baby One More Time, were supposedly unintentional. Mr. Martin, the song's Swedish writer and producer, says he understood hit me to mean call me. The Earworm was the first of Mr. Martin's 25 number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100 a chart of America's most popular songs. Only Paul McCartney and John Lennon rank higher as songwriters. His collaborators include pop heavyweights from Celine Dion to Taylor Swift. On Sunday at the Grammy Awards, the 51-year-old has three separate nominations for Album of the Year for his production work on Adele's 30, Lizzo's Special, and Coldplay's Music of the Spheres. Unlike the Beatles frontmen. Mr. Martin has shunned the mic since his early days as a heavy metal rocker in Sweden. Then he was known as Carl Martin Sandberg. But Dennis Popp, the producer who steered his turn towards songwriting, insisted that he rechristen himself. Martin Sandberg wasn't exactly a disco name, so you couldn't really talk to him, Mr. Pop later recalled. Mr. Martin is a proponent of a technique he calls melodic math, a principle that every element should serve the recording and its melody. Words are chosen for their sound as much as their meaning. Take baby one more time. The percussive Bs of baby make it a more common endearment in pop songs than say darling. In 2019, in a rare interview with The Guardian, he explained the importance of phonetics and how melodic math came about as a result of not speaking English as a child. He would listen to ABBA, Elton John, and the Beatles without registering what the songs were about. I felt something hearing this music, and it meant something to me, he said. If you can have a great lyric that also phonetically sounds amazing, then you're golden. But it's also kind of cool if you're writing a song and people are emotionally moved without understanding what's being said. All these years on, Mr. Martin's knack for meaningful nonsense shows no sign of diminishing. The Winners of This Week's Quiz Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random, were John McMorris, Davis, California, America Gina Sanchez, Panama City, Panama Wendy King, Sydney, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Gimlet, Manhattan Project, Cosmopolitan, Sidecar, and Zombies. The theme is cocktails. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, Here's the quote of the day from Dan Quayle. I believe we are on an irreversible trend towards more freedom and democracy, but that could change. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app.